Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDIC. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, hook him up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. I woke up to the morning sky first. Oh, yes, sir. And yes, ma'am, you had better wake them up, get them up, get them going. It is Wednesday on Hook Em Up with Ian Rod B. 21 February. Appreciate you being with us. We'll drag you up over the hump and a lot to talk about. College football playoff. 12-team format is set, approved, and ready to roll. We will certainly talk about it, the good, the bad, and the ugly from the new 12-team format. Your thoughts on the new way college football will decide its national champion starting in 2024. Hit us on the text line, 512-447-3776. Also, a big night for the bats out of Dishfall Field, Texas baseball. Uh, early in the season with a big and easy win over Houston Christian. Good basketball last night, really good college basketball in the Big 12 and beyond. We'll talk about the big upset nationally, big upset in the Big 12, and where it stands with uh, four or five regular season games to go. Also got uh, news from the NFL, free agency around the corner, combine around the corner as well. We'll dive in there on a busy Wednesday. And again, we appreciate you being with us for our five-hour morning-by-morning conversation. Wherever you find us, 101.9 FM, AM 1260. And, of course, streaming digitally on hornfm.com. And always on that Horn app, download it to your smartphone. Touch of a button. You've got us and uh, locked in here on Hook 'Em Up with Ian Rod B. every morning, all day long here on the Horn. Appreciate you being there, however you do find us. And there he is. He's rolled into the South Austin Onion Creek compound right on time as usual. He is our shutdown corner five hours a day, five days a week out of the uh, 713 DB High down in Houston, Texas, on his way to the uh, 40 acres and a lifetime Longhorn in the 512 at DBU. He's off to the four years in the NFL, then now 16, 17 great years doing radio and media here in Austin, Texas, and beyond. He is our uh, football theorist. He's Blackstradamus, the proud papa of Baby Monroe. What is up, Rod Babers? Hey, what's up, brother? I appreciate the intro and the hospitality as always. Uh, yeah, man, big, uh, big, big news to discuss in the college football front with the uh, new format of the college football playoff, which we'll get to. Uh, we'll also uh, get to behind the burnt orange curtain. I want to talk about uh, the NFL draft. A lot of buzz about the Longhorn players. Um, we got a uh, some sound, some audio that we'll get to. Nice. Matt Miller, uh, NFL draft scout, who does a great job. He's talking about the Longhorns. So we'll get into that a little bit. And, uh, man, uh, looks like this Dak Prescott contract may uh, – I was thinking that it was going to be, you know, a contract that put him among the highest-paid quarterbacks in the league. There's talk now. Dak may break the bank. They may be backing up He's the got all the leverage, truck. Rod. So we will discuss that when we uh, get into Rod's round the day. Yeah, Cowboys fans, they may be breaking the bank with Dak. But honestly, that's kind of the going rate for a franchise quarterback. We'll talk about it. We got some audio to get into, so we'll talk Cowboys. We'll get into some NFL draft discussion. We'll all talk right. college football. Before we do that, before we do that, of course, every morning, each and every morning, we are proud and happy to say thank you to those who serve. Our society built on the selflessness of service. So all those out there who are serving in any capacity, God, country, our community, we know it's an honor but also a burden. So we appreciate everything that you do. We don't say thank you enough. So we want to make sure uh, each and every morning that you are top of mind. Soldiers, first responders, teachers, nurses, 
Can't name all the professions and all the people, but uh, we can say thank you. It's the least we can do. Least we can do, and uh, appreciate you every day. No doubt about that. Uh, up and out, and Adam. Uh, already Wednesday, first eighty degree day of the calendar year yesterday. Right, hit eighty degrees in Austin, oh, it was Texas. Beautiful. I hit the grill, man. When it gets oh, like that, did you go grill master? Oh, got to go grill master, man. Made some nice uh, Cornish game hens on Ooh. the grill. Oh yeah, got a chance to. Uh, it, was, it was beautiful. It was. It was a. It was. It was a nice evening. Like, it really, really was. It was, it was uh, very pleasant. Pleasant sunshine, yes. eighty degrees, and oh. uh, we may hit eighty again today. Uh, it's already fifty nine degrees and a little bit of fog out there. I would also say that uh, getting windy, breezier tonight uh, as we approach 80 degrees. But, man, spring-like conditions in the ATX here Mm. in uh, late February now. Uh, So we will certainly take that. Going to just get warmer as the week goes. Uh, So we're we're all in. This is, you know, as we said last week, right before Valentine's Day or on Valentine's Day, you know, the, the, the three years ago was when the the, the seven oh, day freeze was the snowvid the covid yeah snow-vid, yeah the oh. seven day lockdown man, um, that man, was it, brutal brutal yeah that was, we now were, we're in the 80s prepared for that yeah this is why you pay the high property taxes to live in Austin so it'd be 80 in February <laughs> yeah <laughs> we'll take it yeah we'll, we'll love that. Love well, you it. absolutely love it. Also, if you're out at UFCU Dishfalk Field and uh, as a Longhorn oh. fan, you loved what you saw. Let's get you caught up on the news of the morning. Top stories to start our Wednesday. Top Gun Reynolds and Lawn Equipment bring you the top news. You know, we'll start at the dish. 16th-ranked uh, Texas baseball team nearly broke the program record for hits in a game in a 20-3 wipeout of Houston Christian at UFCU Dishfalk Field. David Pierce's horns pounded out 24 knocks last night, one shy of the all-time number. Ryland Galvan, the sophomore catcher, had himself a night, went four for five with a double, homered into the Yeti yard, had three RBI and three runs scored. Jared Thomas continued his red-hot start from the leadoff spot. He had a three for five night, included a double. Peyton Powell went uh, two for four with a double homer and drove in three as Texas proves a three and one on the young season. Horns are back at UFCU Dishfall Field this weekend, hosting Cal Poly for three starting Friday night. Also, heck of a midweek matchup in Fort Worth last night. Fifth-ranked TCU held on for a 6-5 win over Texas State. Bobcats uh, had their opportunities late, but uh, couldn't come through. But uh, good game right there. Also busy night on the college basketball hardwood. Uh, good games there, too. Best game was out in Lubbock. Pop Isaac scored 19 points and... Uh, Hit an old-fashioned three-point play with 39 seconds to go to lead Texas Tech past TCU, 82-81. 11th-ranked Baylor, meanwhile, fell to 25th-ranked BYU in front of a packed house in Provo, 78-71. So right now, Texas Tech, Baylor, and Kansas are in a three-way tie for third place in the Brutal Big 12 at 8-3. They're a game back of Iowa State in second place, and then, of course, first place Houston at 10-3. Big upset outside the Big 12 last night. Top-ranked team in the land, UConn, took their 14-game win streak into Omaha, Nebraska, and ran into a Blue Jays buzzsaw, 15th-ranked Creighton. Drained 14 three-pointers en route to an impressive 85-66 win. Major development in college football came down early yesterday when the College Football Playoff Board of Managers unanimously approved the new expanded 12-team playoff format for 2024 and 25. Format will feature the five highest-ranked conference champions and seven at-large participants. No conference champions will be guaranteed a berth. There will be no limits on the number of participants from any one conference, however. Four highest-ranked conference champions will receive first-round buys. The eight teams that do play in the first round will play at the home field of the higher-ranked program. So number five will host number 12, number six will host number 11, seven hosts 10, and nine will visit number eight. Quarterfinal and semifinal games will be played in New Year's Six Bowl games, while the CFP National Championship will remain a neutral site contest. And finally, two men have been charged with murder in last week's shooting that killed one person and injured 22 others following the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl parade. Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays are charged with second-degree murder and other counts, according to Jackson County prosecutors. Two men have been hospitalized since the shooting with undisclosed injuries.
Horror headlines brought to you by Top Gun Rentals and Lawn Equipment. A new year and a new store. Come see our new beauty location at 200 Trademark Drive to rent, buy, or repair any construction and lawn equipment you need. TopGun.net. We'll shoot you straight. Yeah, I think, you know, for in terms of the winners and losers of the new college football uh, playoff format, man, you got to give Brett Yarmark a lot of credit. I mean... <laughs> Uh, you know, not only winning the, you know, the kind of conference face-off that they had with the Pac-12 and being able to kind of outmaneuver, uh, you know, uh, Klyovkov, the, co- the commissioner of the Pac-12, and end up solidifying themselves uh, with still power status as a power conference, even though they don't really have any blue bloods in the conference, still power conference, the Big 12, uh, the Pac-12, of course, will dissolve. Uh, we don't know what the hell is going to become of the Pac-12, still don't, but it won't exist anymore. And the Big 12 has guaranteed itself a spot in the college football playoff even though it is the only power conference now with it, without any old school blue bloods in it. Um, and that is, uh, that's really impressive. I think, I think Brett Yarmark ultimately now has proven himself to be uh, worth every penny and worth the hype. I mean, that was a hell of a job to do that because the ACC, the Big Ten, and the SEC, I mean, that was understood. They were going to end up uh, winning uh, out in the new college football format, I thought maybe the Big 12 wouldn't get a guaranteed spot. They did get a guaranteed spot. Yep. Uh, yeah, I mean, yeah. And, and that's uh, – got. I mean, that's, that's – that, I did not – we didn't even expect the Big 12 to survive when Texas oh, Oklahoma pulled no. out of the Big 12, let alone for them now at this point to have a guaranteed power spot. Their conference champion will get a spot in the college football playoff. That's – like I said, that's, that, that's really impressive. Did not yeah. expect it to happen. Highest ranked, highest five ranked conference champions are in. So obviously they'll be the power four at this point, Rod. Yeah. SEC, Big Ten champ, ACC, and then Big 12. And then, uh, you know, whichever of the group of six conferences now that it remains. Because I'm assuming, you know, Oregon State and Washington State just kind of mold in, fold, fold, fold into the uh, Mountain West or something along Whatever those lines. Comes, and yeah. the Pac-12 goes away uh, as we knew it. And so, so there'll be a power six and a group of five, a four instead of a, you know, Group of five and a power five. It's just one less. Uh, so, yes, and then so, you know, the, the other thing that is, is immediate is that uh, one of those schools from the group of six conferences uh, will have a spot, all right, the highest ranked of those yeah. groups, right? If it's Tulane and they run off an 11-1 season, we talked about last night on the Longhorn live stream, Texas State runs off a perfect season in the Sun Belt. Yeah. You know, they can argue we could be in the college football playoff. I mean, that's not inconceivable uh, to where, you know, G.J. Kinney at Texas State can say, you know, guys, we, we roll and run the table here. We're in the Sun Belt. And we could be the highest ranked group of six team, and yeah. we're going to be in that 12 teams. Now, exactly. where they're seated when it comes out, that's no guarantee. But the other, I thought, intriguing part, Rod, is the, uh, you know, the, the top four conference, top, highest four ranked conference champions get the bye. Right, it's not you just win a, your conference. Yeah, you, you you have to win your conference. You gotta win your conference. Yeah, I mean that's that's huge. I mean, yeah. uh, that's one of those man that that is so they're making the winning your conference championship a, a big achievement, right? And the the achievers, the win teams who win that trophy, who bring home the Big Ten championship or the Big Twelve championship, SEC, uh, and obviously the ACC, and then that's an achievement. You have achieved, yep. and you get a buy. Exactly. You right. are off. <laughs> yeah, it's uh, kind of a continuation of what they did this year, right? Alabama's like, now you're in, man. You win the conference, you're in. Yeah, that's the big thing. You got to. We want. We will reward you for winning the conference, even if, like you said, what if it was Oklahoma State this year? Or what if it was Iowa yeah, well, this year? Yeah, if right? Iowa beat Michigan, who won the national. But the thing is, we know the runner-ups are probably going to get in too, especially from well, from the Big Ten, from the SEC. 
there's a high likelihood, and maybe even the Big 12, depending on how highly ranked the, the Big 12 uh, runner-up is. But the, 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 you're almost guaranteed to get in if you are a runner-up in the SEC and the Big 10. Yeah. Because you're going to be ranked in the top Absolutely. Eight to 10. Absolutely. Yeah. Uh, you can almost get, put both in, and then maybe another, uh, maybe a third team that didn't yeah. play in the conference championship game will get in yeah. from those conferences, and that's the way it's designed. So they you want... could, but, you, but you're right, though. The, the team that just gets to the championship, you got a shot at the college football playoff. All you got to do is win your conference. Yep. You will get the ultimate reward, well, which look, is a bye week and the championship. You know, it didn't happen this year. It was a blowout. But, you know, Oklahoma State, for example, if they had oh, beaten man. Texas and Arlington last December. They'd have been in with a bye. They'd get in. Not just in, but with a bye. They'd have been the lowest-ranked conference champion, but they'd have been in uh, with a bye week, uh, which would, with with an off week, which is um, that, that's 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 signifying they 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 want to honor the conference champion yep. uh, with that bye, and it means something. It's significant to win your conference once again. Uh, you know, Oklahoma State. <laughs> think about that. They'd have been in under the new format with a with a loss to South Alabama in September, right? Yep. Uh, at home, That's exactly right. <laughs> at home, yeah. but, but they'd be in, and so they'd you know, it, it does kind of remove the the subjectivity as far as you know who you know the, all the well this team beat this team and this team won't. Did you win your conference? Okay, you're in. And for folks talking about Florida State last year getting left out, remember that was the the very unique experience that there were five worthy conference champions for four spots, and they had a injury to their story. And their Carter quarterback got hurt. So you had to pick – well, one of, one of the, the five Power Five conference champions was going to get left out. Which one was it going to be? So by process of elimination, it was Florida State because of the injury to their quarterback. In this case, you know, Florida State would be in. Uh, uh, in this 12-team yeah, playoff. Uh, absolutely, they'd be in. And, um, you know, they'd be sitting there, you know, number five most likely, uh, which is where the way it should be. So, again, you could argue for the little guy that they've got a chance out of the group yeah. of six. You could argue for the, you know, conference championships now matter, which means, Rod, you can play really tough non-conference games in September. Which Texas uh, is doing. Which, you know, if you lose to Michigan if you're Texas, you can still get back. Yes, you can. Uh, and, and get a bye. Uh, yeah. You know, you can go all the way back and win the, big, the SEC and, you know, put yourself in that well, spot. Well, you can even lose late. No. You can lose late now and still get in. You really – I mean, like you said, the runner-ups are probably going to get in for those major conferences. Yep. And you can, you can hit, a, you can hit a, a stretch or you can get hot as a team, make it to the conference championship after a slow start, and still get in. Yeah. If you end up ultimately being the best team late in the season when you weren't necessarily the best team at the beginning or the middle of the season, you can get hot and that hot streak can pay off for you. I think it's – yeah, I love the format, man. I think it's great. Well, and, and the example I'd give for that for people just to put a visual on it would be Georgia. You know, Georgia last year picked a bad day to get beat by Alabama in the SEC championship game, yes, they right? Did. Yeah, they did. Exactly. Undefeated team into that game. They got beat by Alabama. That put Bama in and it knocked Georgia out. In this case, Georgia would still be in. Yeah, still get in. They'd be and hungry. They, and and they might run the table. Hungry, bad, and upset. <laughs> exactly right. Yeah, they'll be like, oh, man, we, we, we're definitely one of the best teams, and you still get your shot. Now it's a little tougher. You, lay, now you, gotta, you don't get that bye. You get that home game, yeah. then you get the. Uh, but yeah, it's going to be fun. I think it's going to be uh, compelling for college football, uh, as we say. I mean, if you, you end up with. You know, conference now conference championship Saturday in early December is must watch. I mean, it's it's for the the top four spots. It's for the uh, trip to the playoff. It's kind of that automatic bid argument. And then you know, two weeks later, you'll have the the first round games on campuses, which will be tremendous. And uh, you know, middle of the December, and you'll have your Cinderella story. Then you'll have your Cinderella story. Uh, you got your Cinderella. That's it, it's a it's it's a TV show still, guys. So we gotta have, make it as compelling as possible. We don't want the same old you know kind of retread blue bloods in there year after year. You'll get that. 
but that's the little spice that they throw in with the group of five because they'll always spice up. You get your nice little Cinderella story, whoever that may be, your Boise State, your – hell, it could be you – know, like Tulane. You know, Tulane. They could be one of those teams. Texas State. Come on, Bobcat. Whatever. Whatever it is. I mean, that's – UTSA. Yeah. That'll be, that'll be compelling, and that's a nice storyline. And I think ultimately, like I said, it's, it's a TV show. Cinderella stories are good for that. Yep. Yeah. It's the 5-7 model, yep. which kind of knew it was going to, but, man, officially adopted already by February, so we can start chewing on it. I would also say this, uh, to your point about Brett Yormark and these conferences, I mean, they're essentially telling Notre Dame, get your ass in a conference, because however this format is, this, this guarantees that Notre Dame can't be in the top four. Notre Dame cannot get a bye, no matter what they do. They can run the table, win, uh, win all their games, be yeah. number one in the country, but by this format, they're not a conference champion which means they're number five at the best. Okay. And you've got to win four games now. Uh, they'll never you know, get a bye. They'll never get a bye unless they get in a conference. Okay. Will that force them into a conference? You know, kind of come on, Notre no. Dame, join the – Probably not. Know, you can't be the one sole outlier here. Uh, yeah. If you want to be a you, – you can, but you're, gonna, you're never going to get that extra week off. Uh, that's never going to come your way no matter what you do. Uh, it almost – incentivizes Notre Dame to say, you know what, we got to get into this conference because uh, we, we, you know, we, we go 12-0, don't get in. I think the only way that happens, I'm going to say only way, but I think the most likely path to Notre Dame joining a conference is when the ACC dissolves. When those blue bloods in the ACC, which won't out right now, the Florida States, your North Carolina, the ones that Clemson, when those that are buzzing about, you know, getting out of the ACC, if they get out because there's an ACC collaboration, that, you know I mean, that ACC agreement that Notre Dame and ACC have, if that crumbles, those blue bloods leave. I think ultimately we are in the Android iPhone era of college football where you only got two choices, Big Ten and the SEC for major college football. I think that's when it happens. And they got to go, all right, man, you know what? There's nowhere else to go. We can go to the Big 12, but that is that, 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 that's the best thing for Notre Dame and the brand. I think that's when it happens. And that's, that's already, you know, I think the – They've already started those discussions. Yeah. <laughs> they want out of the ACC. For sure. Because uh, they understand that the haves and have-nots are going to continue to grow mm-hmm. yeah. uh, under their current deal in the ACC. And obviously, you know, they see the you know, Florida State getting left out as, you know, a screw job to the ACC last year. You know, I, I look at it and see their, their star quarterback got hurt, and they weren't one of the four best teams in the country at the end of the year. But, you know, that they, they took that as an absolute, you know, final straw Slap in the face to the ACC. We got to get out of here. We're 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 going to be second class citizens in this new new ecosystem and world order where it's all about the SEC and the Big Ten uh, running everything. So uh, it, it was a big day for college football. We'll take your thoughts on it. Five seven, uh, you know, opens up some you know eight new spots. And as I said, Rod, to me this feels like um, or not feels like uh, on its face it's it's rewarding the top four teams in the country. So much like the last four, you know ten years of the, of the four team playoff. There is still a reward to be one of the best four. Yep. You are you are an achiever, right? You're in, and now you have these eight other teams, and and, and the, the 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 next uh, seven, you know, eight teams, five to twelve, they still have to prove. Okay, get me in. So this eliminates the you know this team beat this team. What about this team? What about this team? Why can't they get in? Uh, you know that you would have if you had a six or eight team playoff, right? You say, okay, you guys play. <laughs> you you meet on a field exactly and right. you play to get into to the essentially what I look at is a it's an eight team playoff with a play in game is essentially the way I'm looking at this tournament. There are four teams that are in with a bye, mm-hmm. and then the other eight are going to play a play in you know on one of the campuses game to earn their way into an eight team playoff, and from there it's an eight team playoff to the championship, and it eliminates the well we should have been in and we should have been in and what about exactly us? Right. You get on a field and you play. 
Uh, and then the, Sell it on the field. Then the remaining eight will get on a field and play. Yep. And in the end, there'll be one game to, to win the national championship. Um, you know, I know there will be still that people criticize it. It's too many. It's not enough. Uh, what about this? What about that? I think it's a, it's a heck of a lot better than it, it used to be, and I'm a big fan of it because I think December football into January football and college football is going to be a heck of a lot of fun. Yeah. No, I'm with you. I think it's a huge step in the right direction uh, to, to exactly, you know, Sell it on the field. I mean, let's just be done with the hypotheticals and all the transitive properties of, you know, this team playing that team, the strength of schedule. Nope, we'll just sell it on the field. The Even the, like I said, the teams that stumble late, the teams that get hot late in the season. I mean, I don't been, I've been on really good teams that, you know, stumbled late, lost to 11-win teams that lost to Texas Tech down the stretch in a night game, um, and your season's pretty much over. I mean, you thought you had a chance at a BCS appearance and – it's done because you weren't – you got to be almost perfect. Um, and I think it, it rewards teams now and it allows redemption um, in the college football season. So I think it's, it's, I think it's a good model. I think they'll expand it in the future because it will be so successful. Yeah. It will be so successful and it will generate so much money and so much interest that I think ultimately they'll say, man, we got to expand this thing. This thing is it's great. I mean, everybody loves it. It's must-watch television and in a new entertainment ecosystem where the NFL is king. Um, I think college football now, you know, usually 80-plus percent of all the most-watched television programs in uh, America every year are NFL games. Uh, I think you'll get more I think you get more college football games um, when the college football playoff starts. That'll, yeah, cr- cracking that'll into also, that. Uh... Yeah, they'll, they'll, they'll – I mean, it's not, it's not going to – Really, it's not going to threaten the NFL. I'm not saying that. I think the NFL will go from an 85% share to a, maybe a 77% share. I think college football will get three, four more games on the most watched television programs of the year, and they'll be, playoff. They'll be the college football playoff games. Agreed. Yeah. Agreed. And, and I think with the, uh, what's on the line, the conference championship games take on that much import uh, on that first weekend of December. Yeah. Uh, so those could get uh, through the roof if it's the right, if it's the right matchup. Uh, all right, speaking of must-see TV, we'll take your thoughts on that. I know there's a lot of te- messages coming in, and we'll certainly get to them at 447-3776. Your thoughts on the 12-team 5-7 format. Uh, conference champions get a bye and all the conversations there. Uh, I'd say this, speaking of must-see TV, uh, watching the Big 12 on a night-by-night basis in college basketball is must-see TV. I mean, I know that the Texas game with Kansas State on Monday night was not uh, a thing of beauty by any stretch, but the Houston-Iowa State game was great. And then last night I'm flipping back and forth, and I, you know, the, Brett Yormark's got to figure this out. I can't be flipping back and forth. I can't have two really good games going on. What are yeah. we doing with two 8 o'clock tips on back-to-back nights? Uh, because Baylor's playing at a BYU – Texas Tech is hosting TCU, and both of these games were tremendous. Uh, great crowds, great atmospheres, good basketball. Gosh, the, the Texas Tech uh, uh, TCU game was outstanding. I mean, the yeah. intensity in that game from the jump. I mean, everybody understood how important the game was. It gets you to eight wins, gets you into that tie for third place. Uh, and it was, I mean, it went to the wire. It was a heck of a basketball game. We know what that crowd can be like in Lubbock for an, in a game like that. Oh, man. Man, Big 12 is winning in college basketball. That was yeah. Once uh, again, that was Brad Yard Mark's goal, right? Yeah. Like, you know what? We're not going to the football thing. We're out of it, guys. We're we're going to be third, fourth, fourth place at best here. But we can monopolize the college basketball market. We can we can have the best college basketball product out there, and I think they do. They do. I mean, they have for the last, and it's going to get better. By the way, with Texas and Oklahoma leaving, it's not going to get worse. Well, thank goodness. I mean, <laughs> I mean, UConn. We talked about yesterday being the number one team in the country, and they had just smashed Marquette mm-hmm. um, on Saturday. 
Shaka Smart's team, uh, an emphatic win for them. But they were, they were playing their third game in seven days last oh, night man. at Creighton. It showed, and they looked a little bit you know leg weary. But it, you know, fortunately, that was a blowout. So I could, I could I'm flipping between three games going on. I'm exactly. Like, like, why do we have all these games at one time? <laughs> Can we stagger these? Uh, but man, it was it was it was a fun night of watching college basketball. I was really uh, uh, drawn into it for sure. And let me say this about Texas Tech: that win last night. Um, you know, it, it, it's fun. Every time you watch one of these Big Twelve teams, Rod, you feel like because TCU lost last night, eighty-two, eighty-one. But you're watching Jamie Dixon's team playing and saying that team's going to make some – they're going to wreck some shop come March. Yes, they will. That's a team no one should want to play in the yep. tournament. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they're on the road in Lubbock trying to get a tough win and a tough place to play. But as for Texas Tech, there wasn't a lot – you know, they weren't really highly regarded when the season began. You know, the uh, with, with a grand, brand-new head coach and Grant McCaslin coming in from North Texas – they're now into a three-way tie for third place. Uh, they're a good team, man. Papa Isaacs is a really good player. Um, you know, he had that big and one at the late in the game to, uh, to, to to push it through. Joe Toussaint, their point guard out of New York City, is a really good player at the point. Uh, they're a fun team, uh, and they're sitting at nineteen and seven now. They're in that eight and five spot in third place. I think when you look at the Big Twelve standings, Rod, you would say Texas Tech is the biggest surprise. Houston, not a shock. Kansas, not a shock. Iowa State, probably not a shock. But Texas Tech. In there with the the big the big dogs, the big dogs. of the Big Twelve. Yeah. Props to Grant McCaslin. He's making a case for for Coach of the Year in the Big Twelve Conference in his first year at Texas Tech. That team is is exceeding any expectations. I think the even Red Raider fans had for this year, and they put themselves in a chance to to be a, a pretty high seed come tournament time yeah. too. So they're fun. They're fun to watch. Big Twelve is just uh, it, it's a brutal. It, it makes the tournament every other week pretty much. Well, every, going on the road, it's not for other, the weary yeah, man. Yeah, <laughs> wins on the road are hard to come by. Mm-hmm. Baylor found that out last night at Provo. We talked about that yesterday, Rod, and what's popping at the end of the show. You go into Provo, you're playing in front of 18,000 people. Oh, yeah. uh, it's a great environment. It's one of the loudest environments in college basketball. And uh, at home, they're really good. Uh, they're a really good team. They're different on the road, it seems, because they're you know, two and four away from that building. But that's a tough place to play. Baylor found it out last night. So, again, it's Houston at the top spot, Iowa State second place alone, and then it's Kansas, Baylor, and Texas Tech all at eight and five. Oh. Texas is coming in uh, two games back of that. So they got work to do. They go to Kansas on Saturday. Yeah. Way to go, Big 12. Big 12. Like I said, I give props to Brady Armark, man. Uh, he really did turn the Big 12 into a basketball conference when every when the football uh, in the conference could no longer be the kind of marquee appeal. He turned it into a premier college basketball conference. We'll see if they can do it in the tournament. And the question is going to be for me is, do these, does this conference just grind these teams down to when they get to March – they're or, out of gas. Or they battle-tested when yeah. they get to March. Or like, are they – no big deal, man. I like get into the March and go, oh, man. We do this every other game. This is Big 12. It's like recess over yeah. here. I, that's a great – I don't know. I think for some – and it will be different for, for each team. For each team, it will be different. Some teams, I think you're right. I think it will just be – they'll just be just worn down, have no legs. Kind of like the old Big East down. back in the day. Yeah, but some teams, I think they'll, they'll rise. The cream will rise to the top. Well, that may be your better teams in the Big 12. Well, when I was growing up going to, to watch Big Monday basketball with the Big East, and it was mm-hmm. St. John's and Georgetown and uh, oh, all those to me. Those were great teams, and, man, they – uh, that Big East tournament was always tremendous, and um, then you know, we'll see. You're either going to be battle tested, steel sharpened steel, or you're going to be ground Worn down out, like yeah. uh, like powder. <laughs> as soon as you as soon as you get there, you're just going to have nothing left, like Demarcus Lawrence said, right? Yeah, no, we had nothing left, man. We were worn out, 17 games, worn oh, man, out. But it's good TV. It's good. It's yes. compelling basketball to watch last night. So yeah, good college hoops on a Tuesday night into a Wednesday. It was where we are. We'll come back. We'll pick up your thoughts. A lot coming in on the text line on the 12 team playoff. Uh, Rod's got us behind the burnt orange curtain. NFL draft on the brain with 11 Longhorns headed to the scouting combine. We'll get to all of it coming back. We're just getting warmed up. Hook them up on 1019 AM 1260. Streaming on the Horn app and at hornfm.com.
Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook Em Up, 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. Oh man, a lot of uh, thoughts being shared on the text line. Appreciate you doing that, 512-447-3776. This is, I'm sure there'll be some crying, but shouldn't be much, right guys? This is, uh, this is what you wanted, right? Yeah, this, this is, is what so we the, all wanted. This is the big. The twelve team format is obviously great. Why did it take so long to get here? Now that has been go. the hesitation. That's, that's a great point. Now politics, that I don't know. Politics and old okay. guard. We always say, Rod, them you know, golf, baseball, and college football with the old leadership. Old things, kind of like our government, our our country's government. A bunch of old folks running things, and they're slow to make change. Yeah, they're that's slow the, to evolve. Right. That is right. The case, and that's the case with the college football, golf. Golf, baseball, baseball, yeah. When you have an older demographic of fan base, yeah, it just takes and generation, a generational just, fandom. People don't, and people don't like change. People, honestly, that's just people don't like change. They're always, you know, uh, resistant to it. But I think we're, I think college football fans are ready for this change. It says uh, here's one on it. the uh, negative side. This is the, the entire college football national champion is no longer the best team for a season, but the best team over a four work week period. Wonderful, shake my head. Well, look, I mean, you get rewarded for. You know, the season. Still I get some uh, reward for it, but they're giving more rewards for, obviously, postseason Well, look, I, I guess that, that that text would indicate that old head, and I'm not calling you names, but old head liked it when you we, we judged, mm-hmm. like, a beauty contest who was the best team. The teams didn't actually play on a field. They didn't actually yeah. meet and play. We we voted. Yeah. Uh, you know, it was AP, UPI, and, oh, they were, they were undefeated, and they were the best team in the country. Yeah. Well, they didn't even play the other best team. Yeah. Um, the, no, you're right. And so, to, to the point, what other sport doesn't do it this way? College football was the only one not doing it this way, where they actually play a full season and then play a, a tournament to decide it, right? Yeah. Every other sport does it this way. It was like the talking season. We just talk about it. Yes. Hypotheticals. Now you actually put the teams on a field and they play. Mm-hmm. That's what you do in basketball. <laughs> Even in college basketball, you play a tournament. Let's play it. You got to be good for four weeks to win a championship. Yeah, show how good you are. Just get you in a tournament, what you do in the regular season. And I guess you could say it was unique to college football that it was, you know, they didn't have a tournament. But, boy, this is so much better. So much better, Rod. Well, you just get the, you know, you get those great matchups in the postseason between, you know, teams who have been. And I, the contrasting styles will make them interesting because they'll be from different conferences, different ecosystems around college football. I, you know, I, I, I think it's infinitely better <laughs> than the old model. And like I said, I think it'll be so successful in terms of producing revenue and being in a, getting high ratings. I think they'll, in the future, you'll start hearing about expansion conversation pretty quickly. Like, you know, well, let's add let's add a couple more teams. I like this. We'll see. We'll see. I teams think, like I... having those extra that home game too. I'm telling you, that's going to be a big reward for the teams. That extra extra game you get. In the now, I would argue because I think people that say 12 is too many. Uh, and it's watering it down. Uh, my argument is it's really just an 18 playoff. I mean, you, the four, the top four get rewarded as conference champions. They, didn't, they don't have to play in the first round. The other eight are trying to play in to play in an 18 playoff, which is exactly where I think it should be, uh, to have eight teams at the end. And that's really what it does here because those those five through 12 have to play their way in to, to meet the achievers already, right? They, yeah. they, they weren't an achiever. The four achievers won their conference, and they were the highest-ranked conference champions. The other eight have to – to achieve something, which would be that for, we're in that first-round game at home. They do that. Now you're playing an 18 playoff. I'm, I'm not as, as, as sure that they're going to expand quickly from this. We'll see. I, you know, we, it really depends on what the word quickly is. I think this will be kind of oh, the format the next 10 years. I, was say, I think it's you – know, like they'll, they'll start talking about, I think, expansion 
you know, sooner than you think. Because we'll it'll be really successful. It's going to be. But, yeah. Uh, so, yeah, thoughts pro and con. But, uh, you know, to the texture about, uh, you know, the regular season doesn't matter. Well, I mean, would you, would you be happy if we played an NFL season, we got to the end, and we just picked who had the best year, and they didn't actually get on the field and play the playoffs? I mean, that doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Well, everybody's, like I said, everybody's not going to like the, the format. Some people like the old format. No, I'm just arguing with the guy. I mean, yeah, some people like the old format. I think it's, it's, I think it's a refreshing change. Yes. It's a refreshing change. I think it was actually a necessary one. But, um, yeah, I think, it's, I, think it's, I think they made the right decision to, to, to go to 12. Because I know there was some talk they wanted to go to, you know, 8 and expand it slowly. I like the, that, I like the number 12. I do. I think it gives you just enough variety. Me too. Just enough, and variety. you can make the argument that uh, you know the group of six team could be the underdog. You have you have uh, Cinderella uh, that gets mm-hmm. them to themselves into the dance and a chance to knock off one of the you know even if a Tulane or a you know UTSA gets in Boise State and you know they're the twelve seed playing the five seed. What if they upset the five seed right? And what yeah. if they knock off like in this year's case, Rod? If you had the twelve team playoff this year, the fifth fifth seeded team would be Florida State. So twelve, whoever it was, would be playing a team without a quarterback. Yeah. So the twelve seed could actually advance. Into the top eight, right? And into the semifinal, quarterfinal round. That's compelling. That's good TV. Now you've got an underdog to root for. Yeah. Uh, this little team that, uh, that found a way. And so uh, and, you know, it's one of the things we talked about last night on the live stream. You, know, there, you could argue in the group of six that, man, you, could, you can recruit to this. You know, you know if you're a, a backup quarterback at a, at a blue blood and you're a really good player, hey, come play here. Come through the transfer portal. Come play for us. If we go undefeated on our table, we can be playing for the national championship, y'all, or playing yeah. in the big dance. Yeah. I think that's compelling in, in, a, in a lot of ways. All right. Uh, so there's the, the, the initial overview of the agreement yesterday made, the unanimous vote to the 5-7 model for the 12-team expanded playoffs starting in 2024 this year. Yeah. Uh, that's going to take us behind the burn orange curtain with our man RB. And they were all asking themselves the same question. What is behind that curtain? All right, there's a lot of uh, buzz about the Longhorns coming out in the NFL draft. Of course, 11 of them going to the NFL Combine, and uh, we'll talk about that and break it down. I think these guys have a, a lot of the Longhorns, probably five or six of them, can really improve their draft stock um, by the reviews they get uh, at the Combine, which we'll get into and talk about. But Matt Miller, NFL Draft Scout, does a really good job. I mean, originally, um, I think he was like working with like Bleacher Report originally, now works for ESPN, and uh, he does a great job at NFL actually uh, uh, draft evaluations, and he's actually a Longhorn fan. Um, and he actually doesn't hide that. So he watches the games a lot. So he's got personal opinions about the Longhorns, but also his professional opinions. He had a, uh, just say media availability yesterday, or earlier this week, I should say. And uh, it wasn't just for Texas. It wasn't just for college football. It wasn't just for NFL. It was for everything. I mean, they asked him about a myriad of different topics. But he did get um, a Longhorn-related question. If I'm not mistaken, I believe it was uh, Jeff Jones who got a chance to ask him the question. We don't have the question in it, but essentially the question was, of the 11 Longhorns going to the Combine, which one of those guys has the most to gain by going to the NFL Combine and performing really well? Here is, and he goes into some detail, talks about a couple of players here, but here is Matt Miller's response. In the mock drafts. So I was going to say Byron Murphy has the most to gain because I, I think a lot of people aren't aware of him uh, just because we didn't see him in a in an all-star game. He wasn't your Shrine or Senior Bowl. And what Texas asked him to do, as you know, you know, he played head up on the offensive tackle on a 3-3-5 defense. So he was not asked to just 
pin his ears back and go rush the quarterback, which is what he actually does very well. He's not the biggest guy, 6'1". We'll see he's probably between 300, 310 pounds. But his quickness and his raw strength are just jaw-droppingly good. And so for me personally, as someone who, as you called me out of my helmet, uh, I, I watch every Texas game, obviously. Um, I was a little surprised when he declared because I hadn't at least heard a lot of buzz. So for some of these guys, when they declare, it's like, okay, now I need to watch him. And as soon as I started watching him closely, it was like, okay, he's going to be in my top 40. You watch more and no wait, he's going to be in my top 30. And then it's wait, I think he's going to be in the top 20. And uh, sure enough, now I think he's in my top 15. So I, I think some of that is just getting caught up. You know, we watch so many games throughout the year, but you're not always focused on individual players. You know, you're trying to take like a holistic view almost. And obviously like watch the quarterbacks because those are the guys we're going to get asked about a lot. You want to watch the Marvin Harrisons and the Joe Alts guys we know are going to be, you know, probably top 10 picks, but you know, January, February is when you really start to hone in on individual players. And, and Murphy has, has shot up tremendously um, because of that. I'll, I'll throw one more name out there. I, Xavier Worthy. I, I don't know if it's, you know, just because of how much Texas football I've watched. I feel like he's being slept on a little bit nationally when I see mock drafts or rankings from colleagues. I'm always a little surprised at how low he's ranked. I think he has a great opportunity next week to, uh, to come in and show – yeah, number one, just how fast he is. He's gonna he's gonna burn up the track with that vertical speed. But I think also to answer questions, a lot of people have labeled him as so he has drop issues because of the 2022 tape. A lot of the drop issues really went away in 2023. I think he, he and Ewers just got on better chemistry, better understanding of how how the ball is coming in. So I think Worthy has a, a huge opportunity to put himself into the first round next week. All right, so Matt Miller actually um, has – he has a two-round mock draft out. He's got Xavier Worthy in the first round, um, and he's got, of course, Byron Murphy in the first round. Byron Murphy – every mock I've seen, Byron Murphy is taken in the first round. So Byron Murphy is going to be a first-round pick, and everybody's saying he's going to be a freak actually at the combine too. So Byron Murphy will be a first-round pick. He's got Xavier Worthy actually in the first round too, and you just heard him there, a big fan of Xavier Worthy. Most of the mock drafts have A.D. Mitchell as the one that – the receiver that cracks the first round for Texas, especially if he runs at 4-4 of any regard. And I think that he will run a 4-4, maybe a high one to a mid one. And uh, he's also uh, – Matt Miller's got Jonathan Brooks as the first running back off the board still. So everybody's got Jonathan Brooks. Pro Football Focus, Mel Kuyper, everybody's got Jonathan Brooks as the first running back off the board. Speaking of Mel Kuyper, remember Mel Kuyper when he was asked on ESPN – and I'll try to find this audio, too. Uh, he was asked who is, uh, what of the receivers, because it's a really deep receiver uh, draft. They say that every year because it's the deepest position in football. But he was asked what receivers are the most underrated, um, which receivers, uh, in your opinion, aren't getting uh, their proper due and attention during this process. And he said the Texas receivers. Uh, mentioned Xavier Worthy, mentioned A.D. Mitchell uh, specifically. He said the Texas receiver. So uh, maybe maybe they're right about Xavier Worthy. Maybe Xavier Worthy, after he runs a 40, uh, will show that blinding speed, and he'll end up cracking uh, into the first round too. I mean, J.T. Sanders, he had – Matt Miller has him uh, going in the second round to Cincinnati, um, I believe. He also had A.D. Mitchell going in the second round too. So he did not have A.D. Mitchell in the first round. He only had two first-round Longhorns, and that was Byron Murphy and Xavier Worthy. He had A.D. Mitchell going in the second round along with uh, Jay Brooks and along with J.T. Sanders. So that's, um, I mean, if, if you get three Longhorns in the first round, you had not had three Longhorns drafted in the first round since 1980, since the year Rod B. was born. It's been a long time since the Longhorns have had two, uh, three Longhorns drafted in the first round. They've, they had two 
um, in a streak, actually, six out of seven years in the, in the you know, 2000s from 01 to 07. They actually had two first-rounders in six of those seven years. Um, so that's not crazy. But the three first-rounders, if Texas does that, you're talking about them being in you know, rarefied air roster-wise. They hadn't been there in a long time where they're pumping out that kind of high-level talent. But it's, it's possible because Tavondre Sweat is a guy. We talked about that yesterday. Jim Nagy of the uh, Senior Bowl says he shouldn't slip out of the first round, that he should be a first-round guy. It's too much of a unicorn. So you're talking about four, too rare. You're talking about four guys here that, that are getting a lot of buzz of being first-round picks. Byron Murphy, A.D. Mitchell, Tavondre Sweat, uh, and Xavier Worthy. That's yeah. interesting. And, you know, and we've talked about Jatavion Sanders. At what point does the, the lack of depth at the tight end class push Jatavion Sanders up if he has a real good combine run? Yeah. Because there's, he there's really, for, for most scouts, it is, last year was a really deep tight end class, right, mm-hmm. when you had the, the Sam Laportas and the Dalton Kincaids and uh, Matthew Mayer, all these really high-end tight ends. And this year it's really Brock Bowers, JT Sanders, and then it's a wide gap to the next guy. That's true. So if you're looking for a tight end, you might have to jump on JT because Brock Bauer is going to go in the top ten or twelve I picks think he he out of Georgia, good. and yeah. then if, you know if you're in the back end of that first round, you may look at that and say, I mean, "We're looking for a tight end." Um, there's J.T. Sanders with a, a lot of upside. I'm with you on that. That's a good point, um, and I think he will test well. Uh, I think J.T. Sanders will test really well, actually, because uh, he's a freakish athlete. I mean, that's what and that's what the combine's all about—the freak athletes—and he is one of them. Brock Bowers is too, though. I mean, uh, I've been watching more film on Brock Bowers and. Yeah, he is. He is cleared away. There's actually there is a separation between he and JT Sanders, um, and then there's a like you said a drop, precipitous drop between JT Sanders and the rest of the tight end field. Uh, but Brock Bowers, man, he is going to be a hell of a tight end in the league. Yeah, he might. He's one of those kind of surefire. Like I, I would be shocked if he doesn't ball out in the league. And no, he's going to a Pro Bowler and all pro. I'd be shocked. <laughs> I agree with you. He's that good, man. It's, oh. rare, it's rare that a tight end becomes a, that much oh. of a difference maker in even college football. You're right. I mean, he was such a good player and such a competitor. I mean, he's oh, just elite man. in everything that he does. So, love that ball play. He's a huge part of I mean, Georgia built their offense around him at some yeah. level. Oh, yeah, and he'll test. On the run game the and in the passing game. Yeah, it was worth it. I mean, Because he could, <laughs> he could maul people in the running game, and he can't be guarded one-on-one. Well, it, as a receiver. Well, he's so good that even in that really deep tight end class last year, he would have been far and away the number one. Yep. I mean, he would have been – there yep. were four or five really good tight ends in last year's class, and they all performed as rookies. Hell, Cowboys drafted one early. Cowboys drafted – when they drafted Luke, school, Luke, school, Luke, when they second round. Second, second round. round. Yeah, that's, it was, that's how deep it was. They drafted one in the second round. Second round, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, so we'll see. This one not as deep. So, to your point, four, you know, according to the different scouts here, Matt Miller, Daniel Jeremiah, uh, Jim Nagy, uh, Longhorns, if you're listening, they got four or five in the first 40 picks yeah, for the, for the def- long. Yeah, they're going to have like five in the top 50, 60 yeah. picks. That's, I agree with right that. about that. And, yeah. the, and the argument, there, at least the, the, the strong recruiting argument for Sark is, you know, the, this is a good mix of, you know, three-year, you know, five-star players that they brought in, like Xavier Worthy and J.T. Sanders. Xavier Worthy was an impact player the moment he walked on campus mm-hmm. as a highly recruited player. J.T. Sanders, Byron Murphy, both early, all, all these guys are early to the league. Whereas, you know, Tavondre Sweat had to develop. Tavondre Sweat had to grow into this possible first-round pick. Um, you know, Jonathan Brooks and Jalen Ford are uh, going to be drafted in this draft. I mean, so you're developing the high-end talent and you're developing those guys that, yeah. that, that need to come along. You gotta, and you got to give some props. I mean, honestly, some of the evaluations to Tom Herman. I mean, think about this. You had Tavondre Sweat, who was a, what, a three-star yeah. uh, recruit. You got, um, I mean, even, you know, those guys like, you know, think of Jonathan Brooks. 
I mean, Jonathan, you know, he was one of those evaluations. I mean, Jalen Ford was one of those evaluations where he didn't have a ton of offers and, you know, ends up in Texas. He was like, oh, no, no, we think you're a hell of a linebacker. John Roman has some decent evaluations. Christian, Christian Jones. I mean, that Christian Jones evaluation ends up being pretty good. Yeah. Now, overall. 100%. Now, in terms of development, that's a different story. But in terms of the evaluations, I mean, those, some of those evaluations are looking pretty good. Right on. Right Good now. stuff with Matt Miller. We'll hear more from that coming up throughout the morning on the bur- behind the burn orange curtain. Matt Miller, um, you know, he's a he's a rising star in the draft world. Oh, yeah. He was he was doing his own thing called the NFL Draft Scout. Yeah. Got so popular, the ESPN hired him. Uh, yeah. He's now one of their lead guys along with uh, Mel Kuyper. Uh, so we'll hear more from him talking about those Longhorns and uh, the draft coming up throughout the course of the morning. Uh, we'll also get some What the Facts coming next. We're talking college football playoff in a 12-team. Big 12 basketball was hot and heavy last night. Longhorn baseball had a great night at the dish. All things we're talking about on a Wednesday with Hook'em Up with Ian Rodby. Aaron Hogan, Rod Babers, Hook'em Up. 1019 AM 1260, The Horn. All right, Rod Babers, time for What the Facts on Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. What the Facts. And it is a fact now, unfortunately. Two men have been charged with murder in last week's shooting that killed one person, injured 22 others at the Kansas City Chiefs Super Bowl Parade. Both Dominic Miller and Lindell Mays are charged with second-degree murder. Both have been in the hospital since the shooting. Uh, Jackson County prosecutors didn't, uh, you know, decline to answer whether they were being treated for gunshot wounds or other injuries, but you would assume gunshot wounds. Uh, Rod, the the picture that authorities are painting is uh, you had two men who did not know one another um, that got into a beef, uh, got into an argument, and uh, according to prosecutors, several people arguing when Mays pulled out a handgun almost immediately, several others did the same. And essentially you had a shootout between two guys instead of, you know, old school, you'd have a little fist let's fight. fight. Yeah, exactly. We got a disagreement. Let's go. Yeah. Let's fight uh, it out. And next thing you know, several people pull out handguns. And that's where wow. the multiple shots rang out mm-hmm. because you're you know, in the middle of a crowd of people. You're, you're having a shootout. And... Um, uh, court records did indicate that, m- that Mr. Miller's gun was the gun that fired uh, the shot that killed the, the woman, the mother of two, oh, uh, innocent bystander to oh. a terrible situation. That's horrible. It really is. Um, it's, it's, I mean, we've talked about it, uh, but that is, uh, I'm glad they got the, you know, the guys, obviously, um, and, but that's, it's such a, it, it just seems like it was a tragedy that was unnecessary. Oh, completely it unnecessary. It's just like, come on, guys. What are we doing? We're here to celebrate the Chiefs. And next yeah. thing you know. Well, and that's the scary part that yes. that many people are, you know, carrying guns, um, which, just, you know, many of argue, well, that's, I'm, that's for my my personal safety, right? I, I'm, it's, you know, concealed carry. I can, um, I'm protecting myself and my family. Next thing you know, you've got six or seven people with guns out uh, in the crowd of people. Trying to sell a dispute. Yeah. Yeah. And, on, and then they're defending themselves from other people. They, you know, they're not even involved in the dispute. Uh, yeah, no, man. It's uh, it's like I said, it's something that we as Americans, that's 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 a problem that we all got to deal with, and that's it shows the worst of us. Yeah. Um, that you know we can't sell our disputes um, without gun violence. Um, all right. Um, what the facts? How about this fact? Uh, UConn past ten years, zero and twenty-one on the road versus ranked opponents. I repeat, zero and twenty-one on the road versus ranked opponents. Damn. In the past ten years. But they got two national titles. Two national titles. <laughs> Isn't that crazy? <laughs> yeah. 
That is a hell of a well. Set. I mean, it, it, you, all you got to do is watch college basketball on a nightly basis. The 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 home court or home field advantage is not bigger in any sport. That's a fact than college basketball. Yeah, the home court means more in college basketball than any other sport. I mean, it means college, so much. It is so big. I mean, teams just play with more confidence. They play. They got their home crowd. It's their environment. Uh, it just elevates that home team. Watching Creighton last night make fourteen of twenty-eight three-pointers. And beat that UConn team just after watching UConn on Saturday beat Marquette like a drum. I mean, it's when you're playing on your floor, it's a, it's a big deal. That's why to get a road win in college basketball is huge. Especially versus a uh, ranked opponent. Yes. Because that don't happen. Doesn't happen. Uh, yeah. So, the, also a fact that I didn't know, um, MLS's 2024 season is going to start this week. Yeah. They got replacement refs. Uh-oh. Um, the referees union rejected a, a new CBA proposal. Uh, the union's referees, including um, the USL officials and the NWSL officials, are locked out as the spring season starts, just so you know. And for betting purposes, because you all think about betting, just so you know, re- replacement refs, that makes a difference. I will say what the facts are. In addition to the college basketball watching yesterday, also was part of the Longhorn live stream with you. I did watch the first episode, Apple Plus, the New England Patriots dynasty. Nice. How was that? It, 43 minutes. Oh, looks like bad. these are going to go pretty fast. Not bad. Like uh, I, I saw the the second one kick on. It's only 38 minutes. So, yeah, so they're probably making it where they can show it on TV with commercials and eventually. Yeah. Uh, first episode I thought was really good. I mean, it's essentially the the start. You know, Robert Kraft buying the team, the draft even Drew Bledsoe, then the injury to Drew Bledsoe and Tom Brady taking over. And you, you forget back in 2001 the controversy that was because Drew Bledsoe came back and was ready to go, and Tom and Bill Belichick stuck with Tom Brady. Yeah. Even oh, yeah. though he was the hundred million dollar man, he was the star quarterback. He was the he was bitter about it. He wasn't happy, and uh, Brady it's winning games drove the bus. Yeah. Uh, yeah so yeah, the, well, the first episode ends when they lose a game at home to uh, the Rams, who they ended up playing in the Super Bowl that year. And Tom Brady threw two picks. The game that Tom, that Bill Belichick once Drew Bledsoe was cleared, mm-hmm. Belichick still stuck with Brady, and they lost the game. Yeah. So the first episode they leave you on a cliffhanger of what the next step is because because. Even Robert Kraft is kind of in Drew Bledsoe's corner. Like, are you sure about this, Bill? Well, yeah, are you just sure? Him. <laughs> are you, he's my hundred million dollar boy. He's one of my he's he's one of my kids. Oh yeah, <laughs> doesn't matter. Oh man, I'm in. I got me in. Forty three minutes. Good stuff. It's gonna be a great walk down memory lane with the Patriots. That's on Apple Plus, by the way. Ten uh, episode docu series. I yep. think three are available now. Huh. Oh, that they'll be distributed here through uh, February into March. But, yes, I did watch. Really good. Recommend. That's good stuff. Quick watch, too, Rob. There you go. And it's football. It's football. Hey, damn right. Football in February. As much as you can Lock get. me in. All right, we're back. Hour one down, but four to go. On Hook'em Up with Ian Rod B. Rod will have a rant talking Dak Prescott and his new contract that's coming. Also, reset those headlines. How about the Longhorns getting out the bats at the dish last night? 